You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Well, good morning, guys. I'm Pastor Jason. Thank you for joining us here at the Mission Redlands this morning. Uh, even if you've known me for a long time, something you might not know about me is uh, my grandparents were actually uh, country and Western musicians, um, and they loved country music. They w- would go around to all the different festivals in, the, in around Ohio and the surrounding states, and uh, they just loved country music. So I was raised... Um, you know, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, but particularly uh, on the road again, Willie Nelson kind of seems to be like a theme for my existence. (laughs) There's something about going on a trip that just gets me excited. Like, I like to travel, but more specifically, I love road trips. I don't know if any of you love road trips. Put in the comments the, the favorite road trip that you've ever taken in your life. Um, I've driven across the country three times. Uh, one of those trips, Kim and I were hauling two dogs, a cat, and a six-month-old baby boy named Dylan. Uh, it was an adventure because not to, not to mention Kim uh, got food poisoning along the way. Um, uh, but I've thought for a long time now that being in a quiet car on a long drive is where I do my best thinking. Sometimes even now, if I'm working through something hard, like a lot recently, I've been jumping in the car and going for a drive. And there's just something that happens when I intentionally throw my schedule out the window and create some space to hear God and, and to refocus on his voice. And I feel like even getting away in a cabin like isn't quite as good as being on the road with God for me. It's like, cause I could be in the woods alone in a cabin and I still have to deal with the distractions in my own mind. But when I'm on the road, I, I have a sense of, of stillness. My, my body is doing something, but my mind is is present with God. And um, when I'm on the road with God and we're traveling together, it brings an attentive focus to his presence for me. And I, I, it can't be like a drive to Target or anything like that. Like that, that does not work. And my kids cannot be in the car. Uh, it, it can't be a, a short drive. It has to be long enough for my mind to really get settled into the quiet. And then when that happens, my pilgrimage with God can begin it may not be driving for you. It, it could be working with your hands, you know, starting and finishing a project or, or gardening or, or, or building something. It could be hiking or biking or any other thing, <laughs> right? It, it could be a number of different things for you. But whatever it is for you, I think it's a good practice to get some space 
from your everyday life and do something that cuts out the noise of life and helps you refocus on God's voice and reminds you of what God has done and is doing in your life. Both of those are important. What God has done and what God is doing in your life. The book of Psalms is full of songs and poems written by different uh, people from the Old Testament, but many of them are written by King David. And some of these Psalms were written just to reflect human emotion and their relationship to God, and others were used for a specific purpose or occasion. And there's a small section in the book of Psalms, um, verse, uh, Psalm 120 through 134, known as the Songs of Ascents. Songs of Ascents. And these were songs that the Israelites sang on the way up to Jerusalem. Three times a year, the Israelite men were commanded by God to make a pilgrimage to the temple in Jerusalem. The first one was known as the Passover, and it was at the beginning of the planting season. That's when it took place, and, and it was to commemorate when God passed over the Israelites during the last of the 10 plagues that were brought over Egypt, and in a sense, this celebration marks the beginning of God freeing the Israelites from slavery. This is the beginning of their freedom, right? That's what Passover celebrates. And, and the second pilgrimage is called Pentecost. And, and if you've been in church for a long time, you might be thinking Pentecost is referring to Acts 2, right? When the Holy Spirit arrives on the scene. But the Jewish Pentecost happens just seven weeks after the Passover celebration, which was when the first crops came, began to arrive. And, and this celebration was about God giving Moses the Torah, right? The first five books of the Bible. And so that's the that's the part of their journey that they're remembering and celebrating during uh, Pentecost. And the final pilgrimage that God commanded that they take is called the Feast of Tabernacles. And this was celebrated at the end of the harvest year before winter. Uh, Tabernacles is a celebration of God's provision for Israel while they were wandering in the desert for 40 years. So back to Psalms, the songs of ascent were songs the Israelites would sing on their pilgrimage to Jerusalem for one of these three celebrations. And I want to take a look at one of these today. Let's turn to uh, Psalm 121. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation and as you turn there, I, I just want to say a, a couple of more things. Uh, I, I, wanna, I want you to keep in mind as we read Psalm 121 uh, that this is a song of ascent. They, they're on a journey. They're on their way uh, somewhere. And um, this person 
is on a pilgrimage, a journey with God, right? And once they reach the destination, they will participate in a celebration for something that the Lord has done in their life and the lives of their ancestors. But at the moment, they're just on the road. They're just on the road, refocusing their mind one step at a time on God. Let's read Psalm 121, New Living Translation. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, Who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Okay, let's break that down just a little bit. Verse one, I find very interesting because it doesn't start with a statement. It starts with a question. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? So this person is pondering Where does their help come from? Is it from the mountains? Well, the mountains were a prominent area for idol worship, the occult and shrines. So they could be comparing Yahweh to other false gods, or the mountains could be seen as a symbol of God's strength when when this person felt small or weak. And either way, the person answers their question in verse two. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So my help comes from someone who is so much bigger than the mountains. In fact, he is the one who made the mountains, right? In verse three and four, he will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he watches over Israel. He never slumbers or sleeps. Even though I'm on this journey, I feel like I might be in danger, but he's got me in the palm of his hand, right? And the one who watches over me is never off duty, right? God is never asleep on the job, right? He is always vigilantly watching over his people. And verse Five and six, the Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. 
God doesn't get, delegate the job of watching over you to one of his angels or one of the other heavenly beings. God is a personal God. He watches over his own, even and especially when we face trouble. He is with you, beside you, every step of the journey, protecting you all along. In the ancient Near East, the sun and moon were regarded as gods to some people, but this verse says that, that nothing external can disrupt God's protection over you. Not even the things that govern the day and night because he spoke the sun and moon into being and even they praise him, God, Yahweh. You are watched over by the same God who made the mountains and tamed the oceans. He adds his extra to your ordinary. He is the everlasting God, the one who never grows weary or faint. Even youths grow weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. This is our protector. This is the one who watches over us. Glory. Verse 7 and 8 says this The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. The Lord keeps you from all harm doesn't mean you're gonna have it easy. It doesn't mean you're set up for a cushy life. It just means that if you are on a journey and God is with you, you are ready. You have all the protection you need. Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. When the darkness comes, and the darkness will come, I know that God is walking with me on this journey. And even though it's dark, I have no reason to fear because you are my protector. And just in case it wasn't clear, the Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. He watches over every aspect of your life, every minute detail. God never abandons his own. The thing I find is that sometimes when we are faced with the darkness, it's us that abandon him and give in to fear. But we have no reason to fear because God watches over us both now and forever. I'm not sure which one of those is more comforting. The fact that he is watching over me right now 
or that he will watch over me all of my days forever. I don't think it's any coincidence that God commanded the Israelites to take these pilgrimages at the markers of every season that was important to them. Remember, they would travel at the beginning of planting season. Also, again, when their first fruits of the harvest would come in. And the last harvest before winter was the last pilgrimage. If you're a farmer, which almost everyone was in some form or another, those are the seasons of your life, right? And every season, God called them to go on this journey to refocus them to his voice and remind them of who he is. The thing about a pilgrimage is that it requires you to leave a place where you're comfortable. It requires you to leave your comfort zone and go on a journey, possibly a dangerous journey with God to refocus yourself on God. I believe that we're going to look back on 2020 as a pilgrimage where through the journey, we learned a lot about trusting God. I also believe that this pilgrimage we're on called 2020 is helping us cut through all the noise and refocus us on God's voice. But here's some questions for you about this pilgrimage. Are you journeying with God through this 2020 season closely? Are you allowing your trust in God to be impacted by the mountains and valleys of 2020? Are you using this time to remind yourself of all the evidence that there is in your life that God is with you and has never left you or abandoned you. Is it going to be a season that you just survived this 2020 season when you look back when you're on the other side of it and you look back, is it gonna be just a season that you just survived? Or will you look back and be reminded of how much the Lord grew you in this season and how it deepened your trust in him and refocused you to his voice? Because you need to choose now. You need to choose right now. It's not too late. I believe that that's what God was doing on these, these pilgrimages for the Israelites, reminding them of what he had done and is doing in their life, refocusing them on his voice and deepening their trust in him. And I believe 
that this is the pilgrimage of 2020. I believe that that's the journey God is striving to take us on right now. Many of us are going kicking and screaming. I, I know I was for a little while, more than a little while, I guess, if I'm being honest. There have been parts of 2020 that have been, I've been the most scared I've been in a really long time. But there are also parts to this season where I feel like I have never grown so much in such a short time. Allow this season to deepen your trust in God. Allow this season to remind you all the things that God has done in your life, all the evidence there is that God has worked in your life and the evidence that he is currently working in your life. Be reminded of that. And allow this season to refocus you upon God's voice and cut out all the noise. Father, I thank you for this word, uh, Lord, your word. It touches my heart. It always is a guide. And I thank you for this word. Lord, let us not go kicking and screaming through the rest of this year. Father, let us join you in this journey. Let us grow. Let us look for opportunities to love well and to be kind and to be your hands and feet where, where we are most needed. Use this time to refocus us upon your great commission to make disciples, baptizing them in your name. Let all the noise that has become so prevalent in the church fall flat, God. Bring us back to the basics. Remind us and refocus us and deepen our trust in you. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Christ's mighty name, I pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.